Create Out Loud is brought to you by Anchor.fm. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast so you can, yes, create out loud. It's free. They give you tools so you can record easily on your phone or your computer. They'll distribute the podcast for you. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Because, yeah, I want you to create out loud. Hey everyone, welcome back to Create Out Loud with Jen Loudon. On this show, we invite the world's most interesting, dynamic, and groundbreaking creatives to get vulnerable about their creative journey and to share what they learn along the way so you too can have a deep and fulfilling creative life. This week we're talking to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's another one of the solo episodes that I sprinkle in from time to time to talk to you about something I have found really important in my own work and working with, well, thousands of creatives and writers. How do you know you're enough as a creative? That's what I want to dive into today. How do you know you're enough? We clearly live in a world where we're very aware of brilliant people doing brilliant things in all kinds of fields, including our own. It's so easy to fall into compare and then despair. But we also have to face the intrinsic nature of creating means that there's never an enough stamp that we're going to get on our forehead, whether it's for a day's work or for a lifetime's work. I've often said when I'm teaching that we could sit around a circle at a retreat or a class and we could all name works of art and books and movies and TV shows and music and et cetera that we have just found transcendent. And lots of people in the group would, A, never have heard of it, but some of them would actually not like it or find it blah or meh or even actively dislike it. And that's the truth of making creative work. It'll never be for everybody. Everybody will never agree on it. And that can turn into a feeling of not enoughness too, as well as being surrounded by so many brilliant creators that you could access through your television and your computer and your other media. But then there's that deep sense of not enoughness that I think can invade most creatives' hearts, and it can stop us from doing our work. And that is the feeling of being in what I call the gap, the gap between what you wish to create, what you imagine creating, what you can see in your mind's eye or hear with your inner ear, what you can feel deep in your core, and then what actually comes out. (laughs) And where your experience and your craft fail. They fail to close the gap. And when that gap is too big and too painful, and we don't have experience with it, and we don't have the wisdom to know, oh yeah, I'm in the gap. What can I do here to take care of myself? And what can I do to move forward a little closer to my vision? Knowing that most of the time in my creative life, I'm not going to actualize that vision. Those are pretty rare experiences. And if you ever read interviews with different creatives, you'll hear them say, there was this moment when I made this scene or I put on this play or I gave this performance or I wrote this paragraph or this sentence and it was exactly it and those experiences are so beautiful but for most of us most of the time they're pretty rare I can probably count on one or two hands where I've been like oh yeah that's exactly what I envisioned and pop it came out on the page especially at the first glance or draft or what I sometimes call layer so learning to be in that gap with wisdom and patience and tenacity makes a huge difference 
in how we feel and encounter enoughness. Because when we learn to normalize the gap, it doesn't turn into a story of not enoughness. It turns into a story of not nowness. Ah, this is what I wish I could create now. And someday I'll get closer. Maybe tomorrow, maybe 10 years from now. But I'm not going to fall into that I can never do it and therefore I suck and I'll never be enough as a creative. That's a very important difference. And it really takes stepping back from those moments and laughing at ourselves, comforting ourselves, making it safe, which was an earlier solo episode I did, the first solo episode in season two, making it safe to create. So if you haven't listened to that one, give it a listen. And normalizing the gap by talking to other creatives. I cover this a lot in my course right now that I teach once or twice a year. You can find more about that at jenniferloudon.com. It's for writers. It's a really important skill. How do we learn to be comfortable in the gap? And if not comfortable, how can you learn to be more tolerant of it and more curious while you're in it and not jump to the conclusion that something is wrong and that you're not good enough? Now, there's another way that I have explored enoughness in my work for a couple of decades, and that is what I call conditions of enoughness. And they're a really simple tool that on the surface just sound like another way to make a goal more tangible. But they're a little bit more powerful, okay, a lot more powerful than that. Conditions of enoughness are a way to understand and practice, and it is a practice, that if you don't declare what is enough for you in any given area of your creative practice, or your life for that matter, you will rarely experience satisfaction, enoughness, a place to rest, and you will easily keep losing momentum, losing your direction, scattering between projects, marketing strategies, etc., trying to chase the new shiny thing. You'll fall into compare and despair much more easily and find it harder to really develop your own authenticity and integrity as a creative. Enoughness is an inside job. It doesn't live outside of you. It doesn't live in a paycheck or a royalty statement or an award. And it's really hard to remember that in this culture. It's certainly hard for me, and I've been using this tool for decades. What makes this four-part practice so different than a goal-setting strategy is it's based on declaring for yourself what is enough. And that is a learning edge for all of us because it's saying, I'm going to do this and not that, and I'm going to mindfully surrender. I just had to interrupt myself for a moment right now to say, hey, last call for right now until the fall. Right Now is a program that can change your relationship with writing and help you get a lot more writing done with a lot more joy and self-compassion and ownership of your voice and what you have to say. I love what one of my students said after the program. What has shifted for me is I get excited about and look forward to my writing times rather than seeing and feeling them as something on my to-do list. I feel energized when I write. I'm excited that I've almost finished my first draft, which is what I hoped for when I committed to the course at the beginning. And I also loved what another student said, Colleen, this course has been fabulous. I have loved it and I find it so well organized, the reminder frequency just right. The non-mandatory homework has also made me feel I wasn't drinking from a fire hose and chronically behind. I'm so grateful for your coaching and that you participate so frequently in the small group forums. This is one of the best courses I've taken. 
If any of that sounds intriguing to you, if you feel like you really are called to write in a whole new way and show up for yourself, then doors are closing soon. Pop over to jenniferloudon.com forward slash write dash now. Hope to see you there. I'm going to focus on this and this amount of time or amount of words or layers on my painting or hours in the studio is going to be enough according to me. And I'm not going to raise the bar on myself and I'm not going to judge myself. In fact, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to celebrate. It's deeply subversive (laughs) when you look at our culture. And it doesn't mean if you use conditions of enoughness, you don't have grand visions and want big things. It's just that you realize grand visions and big things don't happen overnight or in a week or in a month or usually in years. And they need to be broken down into ways that feel deeply satisfying for me. And the research is really clear. When we want to work on big projects, grand visions, et cetera, if we don't have a sense of momentum, especially in things that are um, thought-based, thought leadership, writing, things that aren't tangible, like crafts where we can see that we're building something, we will lose momentum if we're not actually paying attention to the progress that we're making. This conditions of enoughness is another way to do that. So the four parts are declare what is enough according to you, not according to anyone else, in facts not opinions or assessments. I will write before I check email is a fact. You can know whether you did it or not. I will write brilliantly. I will write better than I did yesterday before email is something you can't control and there's no way to know or to judge. You are the worst judge of your work if you haven't figured that out yet. Number two is give it some kind of container, a frequency, a number of words, a number of minutes, something that gives you a hard stop to play with, leaving energy in the tank, something I really believe is good, at least some of the time, and allows you to say, I did what I said I would do. So 500 words between when I walk the dog and the kids get home from school, after work, after I finish the dishes, before we watch the 10 o'clock news. It doesn't have to be, you know, a timer, although people do love timers. Three times a week in seven days, things like that. Number three, you decide that what you've declared you're going to do is enough, actually fits your life for that day or that week or that month, however long of time you're planning out for. One of the ways that we deeply, deeply fall into not feeling enough and really undermine our creative lives is we keep raising the bar on ourselves without even realizing. We keep edging ourselves to work harder, to work more, or we completely are unrealistic about what we can do given what's going on with our families, our health, our work life, our community life. We regularly expect ourselves to have more energy, focus, and time than we do. And when we do that to ourselves, we really set up a cycle of procrastination and shadow comforts. And shadow comforts are simply things we do to nurture ourselves that actually drain us or make us feel worse about ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally. It's not what you do. It's why you're doing it and how it makes you feel. And that's the uh, concept that I've written about since 1992 and that Brene Brown quoted me about in two of her books, Shadow Comforts and Procrastination. It starts for a lot of reasons, but one of the ways that we get into a procrastination snarl is we're constantly asking ourselves to do more than is possible, and we're not being specific about what would be enough. And so we just get into this morass of feeling crappy about ourselves, but we haven't been clear. We haven't made clear promises with ourselves. Conditions of enoughness is a clear promise based on what you want and what you declare is enough. Do you see how radical that is? 
Instead of waiting for it to come to you or waiting for someone else to tell you or getting someone else's approval or meeting some standard that will always be impossible to meet or expecting yourself to be a human robot day after day, week after week, and then failing to be a human robot, which would be really cool if you are, but I don't think you are, and then feeling crappy about it. But all of this is kind of vague and it just makes you feel not enough. And then you don't do the work that brings you alive, that fulfills you, and that brings the joy and depth and meaning to your life that you crave. Because you haven't declared what is enough that actually fits in my life. What is enough? How will I know it if I see it? That's why we give it a time container. That's why we say it in facts, state it in facts. Okay, number four. Sorry, I'll get down off my soapbox here. Part four of Conditions of Enoughness is you got to celebrate. You got to acknowledge yourself, even in some small way that you kept that promise, that you declared what was enough and you did it. This begins to retrain your brain and it's slow, but it does help. It does make a difference over time to actually pay attention to what you did instead of everything you think you should do, bigger, better, faster, beginning to turn the point of your attention to what's true and what's real which is profound because when we do that, we begin to have more confidence in ourselves. We begin to see the progress we're making, which I mentioned earlier is very motivating. We begin to build our self-trust, but we also begin to face the reality that maybe things need to change in our life because there isn't enough time for the creative work that really matters to us. Maybe there's some things we do need to let go of or cancel, relationships we need to change, job requirements that it's time to negotiate. Who knows? But when we stay in that, oh, someday I'm going to get to it, or so I'm going to do more, I'm going to do faster, you know, all that vagueness I was talking about a second ago, well, you don't have to face reality. You don't have to face what might not be making your life work for you and your creativity. So there's a lot that can shift when we stop and we acknowledge You Put your hand on your heart and take two deep breaths and say, baby, I did what I said I would do. Give yourself a thumbs up. Give yourself a smile. Dance for a half a song. Anything. It can be just a few seconds, but try to savor the feeling. Put your attention on what you did and feel pride in that. Not in how you did it. I don't give a poopy poop about that. But actually in what you did, you made a promise to yourself and you kept it. Let's let's recap here. Conditions of enoughness, four parts. And when you can read about these in more depth with more examples, if you want, in my Why Bother book, I think it's like page 230. Conditions of Enoughness, four parts. Number one, declare was enough according to you. In facts, not opinions, not assessments. Make it crisp, make it clear. Number two, give it a container of some time, a frequency, an amount of words or time or anything that allows you to say, I did it. Number three, make sure it fits your life. If you're not sure, cut it down, make it a smaller container. Do it three days out of seven instead of every day out of seven. Research also shows much, much more possible to keep your commitments to yourself and have that sense of pride, momentum, and competence. And then last, acknowledge, celebrate, pause, take it in, give yourself a thumbs up, take three breaths, focus on what you did. Practice this. Now, now don't do it for every area of your life because you'll get all, it's just like weird. It's just too much. Do it for your creative work. Do it for marketing. Do it for things that are hanging over your head and making it hard to get to your creative work, like cleaning up clutter or paying bills or learning about your retirement. 
don't use it for everything. Lots and lots of things don't need this. They're the things that either aren't getting done where you don't feel like they're enough or they feel overwhelming or scary. And I only usually have one or two things in my life where I'm using conditions of enoughness. I always use them at the beginning of a project because that's when, what is enough? What is the project? What am I doing? Way overwhelming. You can often get stuck there. The middle of a project, when things start to drag, they can be good to bring back too. Sometimes at the end, I don't need them because I'm just so caught up in the work and the writing and in such flow. I'm just like, yeah, I've just got a good habit. I get my coffee, I go to the computer, and I work first thing. So just use them when you need them. Use them when something isn't getting done or when you have this hollowed out feeling that nothing you do is enough. And bring this sense of enoughness into something really practical because it can feel really airy-fairy and big, like, yeah, I'll never feel like enough. Remember the gap. Use conditions of enoughness to be in the gap, to close it a teeny tiny bit. And most of all, begin to investigate how the culture, your family, church, etc., has invaded perhaps your creative space with messages of not enoughness. Write them down. Share them with some other creative friends in a sacred circle. See them for what they are. Stories. Lies. They need to have no power over you. And then turn to a tool like Conditions of Enoughness and ground yourself in your own desires. Oh, the guest next week, Celeste Headley. Wow, Celeste Headley. Okay, her TED Talk about having conversations, 25 million views. She's also a PBS host, award-winning journalist, the author of three amazing books, including the new book, Just Out, Speaking of Race. Did I mention she was also a musician? Did I say speaker? I mean, there's so much that she does, so many creative mediums, such a long career. She has so much to say to us about the creative process, making a living, burnout, rest. Oh, I can't wait for this conversation. I feel like I say that every week, right? But then the truth is, these are the people I want to talk to. <laughs> so that's why I have them on, so we can learn from them together. In the meantime, create out loud.